Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author and colleague, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And we also have a very special program this evening. We have guests who are going to be sharing their story, and we'll be introducing them in just a couple minutes. Just want to let you know that this is a program that we are thrilled to deliver every week at uh, on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern time, and then it's available on many podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts and Audible and many others. And we are very happy to dialogue with you. We started this program because we worked for many years facilitating pet loss support groups. And we collaborated on a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And we took this opportunity with this broadcast to extend our reach and to be able to to talk with people uh, today, not just through the the book. And we'd like very much to hear from you and to dialogue with you. And so you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. And you can reach Nancy at N Saxton Lopez. That's N S A X T O N L O P E Z at C S M P C dot com. And you can also leave us a voicemail if you go to the description of the program on the podcast outlets. You'll see that there's a link where you can leave a voicemail, which we'd welcome as well. You can support the podcast through Venmo. You can support us through PayPal if you're so inclined. You can also buy a monthly subscription if you're interested. And But we're happy just to have you listen and be part of our discussion. We'd like you to know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is located in Springfield, Massachusetts. You can learn more about Dakin at their website, dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. Dakin is also kind enough to support a monthly Zoom pet loss support group. It's the first Tuesday. I'm sorry. No, it's the second Tuesday getting confused. It's the second Tuesday of every month from 6 p.m. Eastern to 7.30 p.m. And you can sign up RSVP for that program at Dakin Humane in their programs tab. And there is no cost for that. And you can be in, you can be on the Zoom from anywhere in the world where you have the, the inclination to join us from. And so we're going to get started. And we're going to move right into introducing our guests who are fellow Jerseyites, actually. So Jacqueline and, and Jonathan Ulwick are here. They are a married couple who've been together for 13 years. And Jonathan has been in touch with us back and forth through email and talked with us early on this this year after the death of their beloved dog, Brutus. And then we were in communication about the differing styles that Jacqueline and Jonathan have as they, as they progress through their, their grief. And they've also recently adopted a new puppy. And so they're going to talk with us some about their experiences with Brutus and then moving on to talking about how they navigated the decision to 
bring on a new bring on a new puppy, bring a, a new pet into their lives. So we're going to hand the floor to them, and they can just start telling us their story. Please, hi everyone. Um, so my husband and I adopted Brutus uh, when he was eight weeks old. Um, we had walked into a pet store to purchase a gift for my parents' dog. And there was a person um, that had Brutus's litter and we fell in love with him. Um, we, we were interested in getting a dog. We knew that we wanted to adopt one. And, um, you know, the male dogs that were there, we picked the ones, the, the ones that were males, because that's what we had wanted. And we sat in a circle and all the other dogs left and Brutus was the one that laid down in my lap and we said, he is the one without a doubt. We picked him up and ironically, we were on our way to church that morning. It was a Sunday, we were on our way to church that morning. So we said to the woman, do you mind holding him for an hour? And then when we come back from church, we'll get him. And you know, it was no problems, nothing. And that's what we did. And we were so excited going to church and telling my mom that we had found the perfect dog and how wonderful he was and she couldn't wait to meet him and everything. And everybody said, what are you crazy? Cause I was out of work at the time and I was looking for employment. And I said, but this is the perfect time because now I can really stay home. take care of him. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and unfortunately, Brutus did not have the best start to life. Um, unfortunately, we found out that the organization that we had adopted him from was not a true rescue. Uh, they were posing as one, but they were not a true rescue and did not take the best care of the litter. Um, and Brutus ended up um, getting parvovirus very shortly after we brought him home. Two weeks after we brought him home. And he ended up then spending 10 days in the animal hospital. And it was a very, very rough start to his life, to our um, our life with him. Um, you know, this was really the first true, at the time, my husband and I were married for about a year, a year and a half. And, um, you know, it was really the first responsibility of things mm -hmm. that we were taking on. And honestly, we kind of use that as a judgment with our everyone teased. Well, if you can keep a dog alive, then you can have children. And if you can raise a dog, you can have children. So, you know, we figured this was a great stepping stone if our family was going to continue down the road. And um, it was just an awful start for him. 10 days in the animal hospital, parvovirus, coccidia, um, was uh, one day I went to see him and he was alert and active. And one of the vets said, we're not really too sure he has part of the other vet said, trust me, it's going to get worse. And the next day I went to visit him. He couldn't even stand on the table. He was completely just down for the count. Mm -hmm. And there were nights that, you know, I mean, we would visit him almost every day. If the animal hospital had a room for us to be able to spend some time with I him. would go morning and night. Spend time with him. And, and there were times that, you know, we didn't know if he was going to make it through the night. Yeah. Um, the bottom outcome of this situation was it really, truly was a who rescued who. I did not understand that statement until it actually happened to us. And, um, you know, it was 2009 when we had a recession. The uh, 
position that my husband was in, a lot of the jobs were being outsourced. So he was really having a hard time finding a job and it became his mission to get justice for Brutus. And it not only, it gave my husband a purpose again, it helped him find his voice and it really gave him that confidence that he needed back because he had been unemployed and was being rejected and it was awful. It was really an awful time. And then to deal with what was going on with Brutus, of course, made it even more difficult. Um, but he was amazing. He was absolutely amazing. All the efforts that he went with working with the local AS ASPCA groups and the local county officials, because um, all of the dogs had died from what we knew of. Brutus oh, wow. was the only one of his litter that survived because we saw that something was drastically wrong with him. So you and saved was him. Dangerous. You really mm -hmm. saved Brutus. Yeah, we did. We, yeah. we and and he, he saved us. And he, he saved you. He did he honest to God saved us? And that bond, um, that bond was there from the very, from the very beginning. beginning. Yeah, and we can see we can see Brutus and the two of you. If you're watching the video, you can see. <laughs> You can yes. see this family picture above beautiful dog Jacqueline and Jonathan. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so he was off to a rough start as a puppy, but um, we helped him. Thank God for our veterinarian and the the fact that the animal hospital had just gotten the in-house parvo test because a lot of the, that was fairly new back then a lot of the places had to send the testing out and by the time the results came back it was too late the puppies so we were very very fortunate um we were also very fortunate that in the end we did get justice for the um illegitimate rescue um so and you know again it helped jonathan with his confidence it helped us we Agreed. work we work together and again literally truly a who rescued who situation um now we know that we know that your connection to him became very very deep and intimate right from the beginning from the way you're describing all that you had to do to make sure that he would survive this mm -hmm. very rough beginning bring us toward the the end of his life and talk with us some about how how things went at that point. Sure. So Brutus's whole life, he somewhat struggled. He was a fairly healthy dog, um, but he had little blips every now and then. Which... He hurt his front paw and, you know, he wasn't able to really run a lot. And so exercise was difficult. He had lipomas, like as we discussed. As and he got just older. Had, he had so many things that were just ailments that were throughout the years. Right. He had little ailments here and there, but... He was, nope. he was a wonderful dog who loved children, loved people. He knew it. He almost gravitated towards people because um, people thought that he was um, a pit bull. We don't know what he was, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. He was a love bug. But people <laughs> were afraid of him because of what he looked like. And he knew. And he would gravitate towards those people with a tail wagging a million miles a minute. Um, to just go up to them and show them how much he loved them. Oh, that's so nice. to fast forward to um, uh, what had happened to him. So um, it was December. It was about two weeks, a week before Christmas. 
and I'm sorry, December of this past year. And this was 10, he was 10 years old, correct? He was, he was, he was 10 years old. And considering that we, we had obviously no history on him, all that we knew is that he was born in a shelter in Baltimore, Maryland. And other than that, we have no, we have no knowledge of anything about him. So this past December, we noticed drastic changes in his personality per se. Um, and a lot of it we blamed on him getting older. He wasn't, he just didn't seem as active. Um, I mean, he was still eating all of that, but he just didn't seem himself. And um, the vet had told us he needed to lose a little bit of weight and he had lost like five pounds. And we said, oh my goodness, stopping the treats. Never did we think that he was sick. We had no inclination that, you know, there could be something wrong. We just said, wow, grandma's not giving him as many treats. We told the mailman, no more milk bones. We gave him little thin treats. And so we really thought we were, we were doing was working. So I had noticed one day that his stomach seemed very bloated. And I said to my husband, when was the last time that he ate? And he had told me early in the morning. And I said, something's not right here. His stomach is very bloated. We have to call our vet and go to the vet. And we did. And our vet felt his stomach and everything, did an x-ray. And she said, I don't see any of his organs. This isn't a good sign. There's fluid. fluid. I Mm. should be able to see his spleen, his pancreas. I can't see anything. So we were, we had to take him to a 24 hour animal hospital. And um, at the time, if anybody remembers here in the New Jersey area, um, COVID was on its next wave. You couldn't go into the animal hospitals. You couldn't go in anywhere. You literally just dropped your dog off at the front desk and then you talked to the vets on the phone. And the person that was there Uh, drew the fluid that was from his abdomen and, um, you know, said that it was clear, it was a little bit cloudy and that it just, it wasn't what they thought, which was that he could have potentially had a ruptured spleen and they wanted to see blood in it because if they saw the blood in it, that was a sign that it was potentially a ruptured spleen. But because it was a clear milkyish fluid, that was leaning more towards this cancer that he ended up becoming diagnosed with, which was called um, carcinematosis. Mm. And the progress, the progress of the cancer is not good by any means. Um, the only thing that chemotherapy would do would be to extend his life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would not, um, you know, put him into any form of um, what's, what's the word? Remission. Thank you. Remission. It would not doing, doing chemo would not put him into any form of remission. It would just, um, buy him more time. Because, you know, we would get a test back and they said, yes, it's cancer. We don't know what type of cancer that it became. Maybe it's not cancer. Maybe it is just a buildup of fluid. And so we were up and down, high yeah. and low. And anxiety. Oh. And, and the worst part with all of the COVID that was happening was we had to go so many places to get different tests done for him. It made it impossible. One, it, it was the week before Christmas, so oh. people were on vacation. Mm-hmm. Two, it was COVID that the animal hospitals were short-staffed. 
So we literally went to four different animal hospitals to get almost every single test done within that week because we could get an ultrasound from one, but they couldn't do something else. We could get something else from someplace else, but they couldn't do the other thing because they just didn't have the staff. So we just felt like we were back to the days of him being a puppy when we really truly had to fight for him. And it, it seemed like we were just going up Mount Everest, just trying to figure out mm-hmm. what, to get confirmation of what he exactly had. And we, were, we weren't sleeping. We were needed to take him out every hour, two hours, because the fluid that he was building in his abdominal and uh, chest cavity was causing so much pressure. We ended up buying diapers. I would drink coffee. I would. I mean, I literally was making espresso we, every we two moved, hours. Yeah, we moved our bedroom downstairs. Um, fortunately, we we have a bedroom in our on the downstairs floor of our house, and we had to move the mattress downstairs mattress. on the floor uh, because the last thing we wanted was carrying a sixty-pound dog oh, downstairs, downstairs. one of us falling. Um, so we really altered, we had to alter a lot of our, our life for him. We would do it again in a heartbeat. Right. Um, yeah. But we, you know, it was the things that, that we had, the things that we had to do. And the decline, you know, you could see when the, you know, and I had mentioned this to you guys and the hardest part was, is that, you know, we used to laugh about it, but it was almost like we got a new Brutus every time we visited the animal hospital and they drained the fluid oh, and we would dread Tuesday or Wednesday of each week. Tuesday or Wednesday is the worst days for us because the fluid would come back and he would have such difficulty breathing. Mm-hmm. And you know, we would pray for the, the day that the um, the appointment was so we could get the fluid drained again. And then Brutus came home and we could sleep at night. We could actually sleep and not jump up wondering, you know, did he did he pass away? Is, is he hurting? Because, you know, there were times where we would both jump up in the middle of the night because his breathing went so shallow and we thought, oh my goodness, he's not here anymore. And, and he would eat, you know, because of the fluid being removed from him, it took all the pressure off of his organs and off of his stomach that he had an appetite that he would want to eat. Um, and you know, we would get a new dog back. It was yeah. almost like once a week, every other week, depending upon when his fluid needed to be drained, we would get a new dog. And it took a huge toll, to say the least, on our marriage because, oh, you know, at one point, Jacqueline even said to me, because there were times where I couldn't listen to his breathing, it was so deep and so stressed that I would sleep out on the couch. And in the morning she would say, you know, you're so selfish to leave me to listen to that, but somebody has to be with him. And so there were a lot, there were a lot of things in in myself that I had to come to grips with as well, because I was doing things for myself and not necessarily for the three of us, Brutus at the time included. And it even includes down to the treatment. Um, because we both had a different viewpoint on the treatment. Um, and again, it's another thing that, you know, this is a marriage where a couple and respecting each other's feelings and opinions. I personally did not want to do chemotherapy to him. Um, I did a lot of research, uh, any research that I could find. Um, one of the animal hospitals that we had gone to, the vet was gracious enough to share actual medical 
records that are not available to the public um, to see what the prognosis is and just to, to see all the signs of decline and everything as it goes on. And I knew that um, the end was going to be near. I didn't want to put Brutus through chemotherapy. I was fine with draining him because I knew that that was bringing him comfort. I knew that it was uncomfortable, of course, having to have a needle stuck in you. Um, but considering what the alternative was and the fact that he he still had pep in his step and he was still eating, he was still trying to play with his toys as best as he could. Um, but it really, again, my my husband, Jonathan, needed to, he needed to know that he did everything he could. And one of those things was going through chemotherapy. And that was really something that I, ha I had to respect. And I had to, I had to respect his feelings. I had to respect his mindset of where he was, um, that he was not in the same mindset that I was in. Um, he was very hopeful that Brutus was going to come out of this because there is a small percentage of dogs that survived more than a year. Um, but it, again, it was really just respecting each other's opinions and knowing that at this point in time, it was more important for Jonathan to have peace knowing that we did everything we could than to waste time fighting on what his treatment and care should have been. So you decided to go ahead with the chemotherapy. We did. We did. We did. And that, that, that had its challenges in itself because, you know, if a human has chemotherapy, depending upon the type, you go to the bathroom in a toilet and you flush the toilet, you have to put the seat down, you know, radiation, depending upon what it is. Well, you know, it's with a dog where he's urinating, you had to clean it up and try and keep the dog going in the same place. And mm -hmm. so many days after chemotherapy, his um, urine and, and if he vomited, thank God he didn't. But if he had, it would have been considered toxic. And there was a certain solution that we would have had to have cleaned it up with because of the chemotherapy particles that he was um, excreting. And so that, that was, you know, we, we have other dogs in our neighborhood, so we didn't want to put their lives um, at risk potentially. Um, one just never knows. So it wasn't just him getting chemotherapy. It was all the aftercare for it as well. And it was very interesting because it wasn't until after Brutus had passed that Jacqueline expressed to me that she would not have done the chemotherapy. She never led me to believe that, you know, what we were doing was not in her wishes. And so I was very thankful for that because like Jacqueline had said, I needed to know personally that I did everything I could till the very end. That was with me where, where my issue was. And, you know, when we had seen the oncologist at the animal hospital, she said, we need to be cautiously optimistic. Well, for me, I had been on such a roller coaster of emotions that when I heard her say, this is something we can treat. I believe that we can do something for Brutus. It was almost like I was coming down the roller coaster with a huge smile on my face. We're, we're going to beat this. We're, we're, we are going to save Brutus. He missed, and he missed the cautious. I missed, <laughs> I, I, I either missed it or I just went deaf at that point. <laughs> That's right. And, and so 
you know, I, I eat very healthy. I watch, I, you know, I exercise regularly. That particular day when we got the news, my mother-in-law and I, my mother-in-law was with me because Jacqueline just could not go to see. And, and again, she did not tell me that she could, she did not want to do the chemotherapy, but that's why she couldn't go with me. So I went with my mother-in-law and I was eating McDonald's. We had Chick-fil-A for lunch and I just went wild because it was almost like the boulder on my back had been removed. And so it, it was almost like I went back to day one where Brutus, you're going to be great. And so as he began to decline and he was not getting better and I saw the chemotherapy, I was expecting the old Brutus and I was getting angry and I was getting frustrated. Short, and short I was, fuse. my fuse was so short. And when he didn't want to walk around the block, I would say, why, why don't you want to walk around the block? We're going for a walk because my expectation was so high that I was anticipating and expecting him to become the Brutus before the cancer diagnosis. And it was a hard gut punch that it was not. Well, I just want to stop you and, and kind of punctuate that the way you're talking about is anticipatory grief. Mm -hmm. You're talking about all the mixed feelings and the anger and the expectation and the hopefulness and then the despair and the disappointment and, and all of that is characteristic of, of your part of you seeing the reality of the decline and another part of you denying it, yeah. trying hard not to, to face it. I also just want to comment that it's, you're talking about some very successful yeah. navigation here because you had very different ideas about how to proceed and you were being very loving and, and caring to each, to, to each other. And also it's interesting, Jacqueline, that you were honest in the aftermath because you probably felt like I, I deserve to be heard as well. I deserve to talk about what my experience was here not in any sort of upsetting way, but just in a validating way, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, that's very, very interesting you brought that up because as much as I was, as much as I felt I was supporting Jacqueline, when we had to have conversations about how much monetarily we were going to be spending on Brutus before we had to determine what are we doing here? What is the what is the end result? What do we see as the outcome? I never could have that conversation. My attitude was this: money is not an object. I can't I can't put a cost on Brutus's life. And so conversations went with me crying, Jacqueline getting upset, and Jacqueline not being heard. And I I said to her, "I'm supporting you." She said, "You don't understand. You're really not." If you were supporting me, you would be listening to what I'm saying. And I said, yeah. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. But didn't I, wasn't. Know that. I, was not, <laughs> I was not listening to her because yeah. I kept saying to her, Jacqueline, if you loved Brutus as much as I do, you would be fighting for him like I am. And she said, it has nothing to do with me not loving Brutus. It has everything to do with me being realistic. You are yeah. thinking emotionally and I'm thinking realistically. And the the pain and the hurt and not being able to meet in the middle was, I mean, it really, and I'm going to be honest, it took so much time after Brutus passed.
for us to really reconnect, it puts such a strain. To this day, there's still a strain. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's still a strain lingering to this day, but it's much better. You have worked. It's yeah. a tribute to both of you yeah. because you love each other so much that you are able to kind of work that through. Yes. Yeah. You both love Brutus. Brutus was your baby. Yeah. Um, so true. You just had different different reactions, right? And there's no there's no absolute right or wrong here. Right. I mean, it's very important to be practical and realistic. Finances are important. They're absolutely <laughs> fundamental to the security of your family. And the the situation these days, and we've heard more and more about this, is that you could spend literally a fortune on Just care and it wouldn't get you anywhere significant. Yeah. And there's also so much to be said for making a decision about ending suffering and not prolonging the pain of treatment. So one of the things that I, I think it's important for you to both think about as you go forward is that there were no, there were no absolute rights and wrongs here. So you need to be gentle with yourselves and each other. And it, that's great that you're so open about talking it through. I just want to say to Nancy, we're, we're at the end of our time. So do you want to just keep going and make this yeah, particularly let's keep going long? A bit. I can do that. Yeah. If it's okay with you folks, can you want to just Absolutely. Keep going? maybe go for sure. the next half hour, perhaps it looks like. Absolutely. Sure. We're fine with that. <laughs> okay. So I fast forward to when we had to, when the time was coming near that we knew that Bruce just wasn't. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to make one point, Ken. And you know, it, it's something you brought up before. And I'm, before we fast forward, I apologize. Mm -hmm. But there were two things that happened and it, you know, there were times where we were going to end Brutus's life. We were going to end his suffering. And every time we came to that decision, something occurred where it just wasn't the right time. Right. Something happened where, okay, the fluid we found was red, but you know what? It, it doesn't mean anything. And we were like, oh my goodness. So I always thought I was saving Brutus's life every single time we got close to that point. I always thought I was saving him. And so I would get that renewed energy. I would get rejuvenated. But, you know, Ken, every time I looked at him and you had brought it up before, I knew, I knew that I knew it wasn't good. I kept telling myself it's going to be okay. okay. Everything is going to be good. We're going to fight for you, Brutus. Yeah. But I knew in my heart of hearts. And you know, where it really hit home and Jacqueline was there with me. We had gone out with a friend and it was an oncology appointment. And it was actually the last oncology appointment Brutus had before the final one, which Jacqueline will get to. But when the oncologist told me that they drained the same amount of fluid, the hope was the chemo treatment was going to drain the fluid. Up. It would be less and less. It would dry up the fluid. It would dry the would fluid. So instead less. of draining three liters of fluid from his abdomen. We would drain two and then one and get to the point where maybe we were draining nothing at all. And that was the goal. And when we noticed that nothing was working, the oncologist said to me on the phone, this is exactly what will happen. We a chemo drug will we'll determine a pass or fail. If it fails, we move to the next one. Eventually, even if it passes, it will fail. And at that moment was when my heart dropped because wow. I knew wow. I just knew it. There, there's no coming back. There's no coming back from this. If every chemo drug will eventually fail, I'm, 
I'm losing, I, I lost. Mm -hmm. it, it's not going to work. And so at that moment, I realized it, it won't work. It's not going to work. So in the week that um, he, his life was coming towards the end, I had such an eye-opening um, uh, eye-opening experience again as to all the different options um, for um, euthanasia of, of Brutus. Um, at home, um, you know, taking him someplace, um, obviously it being done at the veterinarian's office, I had no idea that you could actually have a viewing and a funeral for a dog and that you could actually watch your dog being cremated. I had no idea that any of these existed. It, you know, it had been well over 15 years prior that we, I had put my family dog to sleep and my husband also. So again, it was another uncharted territory. And when the day came um, that the decision had to be made, you you could see the change in him. Um, just everything he you you saw in the in the week prior, you saw just the light in his eye slowly start to fade, and you just saw him getting tired. And it his was tail that used to wag so just it just so crazy his tail yeah. was it was just it so, was tired so we had had a standing appointment that day with the oncology team at the animal hospital and we chose to take him um it was a hard decision um again a matter of differences and respecting each other's feelings and opinions and they were going to be trying another chemo treatment so there's me, the hope. Uh, there was the there hope. Was the hope. This was, we were bringing him and they were going to change the chemo drug. And that was the, you know, that was the goal. We're going to change the chemo drug and we're going to move yeah. forward and he'll be fine. And um, so we dropped him off um, for his appointment. And the oncologist had called us and had said, to, you know, he's really not doing good. Um, he doesn't look good. He's really just not doing well. They still attempted to drain the fluid from him, which they did. They were able to drain the fluid from him, but unfortunately he did not bounce back from that treatment. Um, they, they felt that, you know, we were of course very thankful for their honesty and, and everything because the, the uh, oncology veterinarian just could not in her the right mind give him chemotherapy. It was not going to work. Um, he was almost anemic. Um, his gums were starting to go white and his, they couldn't get his heart rate um, to be normal and his blood pressure to be normal. He was just all over the charts. Mm -hmm. I think the hardest part still to this day for us is that we left him there all day. Mm -hmm. could have, if we could have done in, in this entire journey that we went through, if we could have done anything differently, it would have been to have brought him home to at least spend time with us at home, even though we we had been home with him, of course, the entire time, you know, by his side the entire time. But for him to sit in the animal hospital the last few hours of his life. We brought him there at like seven o'clock in the morning. And then unfortunately he passed at 6 p.m. Yeah. And he was there all day. And it was an animal hospital that we go to for emergencies, but it wasn't our vet. It wasn't that, your vet. Right. 
right. a relationship with. So that was very difficult. It and was, it was a cold, it was, very cold feeling. Right. We couldn't, because of his condition, they couldn't put us in like um, this this nice hospice room that had the nice lighting right. and all of that. And um, then they were they were adamant that I wear my mask and I'm bawling my eyes out. I couldn't even I, I couldn't even breathe. And they said you have to have your mask on. And I said, how am I going to wear a mask? I can't even breathe. You have to have it on. And I said to Jacqueline, I said, the one thing for me. And I said, this, you know, I've always looked at it as if a dog is going to be put down, the dog should be in. <laughs> And I hate to say this, but in awful shape, it should be like, it can't pick its head up. It, it's, you can tell it's that time. For me, if a dog wags his tail, it's not time. And I'm fooling myself because obviously there's situations where it wasn't. And I said, Jacqueline, if Brutus comes into this room wagging his tail, I'm going to lose it. So you can imagine what happened. And oh. I lost it. Because he was so happy. I lost it. I lost it way before that, but that just, that just ended it for me. I couldn't. I couldn't stay in the room. I had to say my goodbyes and leave. I just could not bear. Thank God, Jacqueline. <laughs> I, I say to this day, you know, she's much stronger than me. I, I know, and she's thank goodness. But she stayed with Brutus. My mother and my mother-in-law and Jacqueline stayed with Brutus, and my father-in-law and I went outside, and he had to take care of me. And Another um, fascinating thing about how my our relationship works so well together is I was mourning Brutus while he was alive because I knew that he wasn't going to get better. Mm -hmm. It was so hard for me to have him still alive, but in the state that he was in and just watch him decline and not be able to talk and not, you know, just not not be able to tell us, you know, hey, you, you know, you're poking me every week. And, you know, we think that we're doing good for him, but maybe we're not. And it was so hard. Um, it was so hard to make the decisions. And it and I really started grieving him when sure, sure. I mean that's so that's much. the way it works. That that's the way we do. We begin to grieve because we've lost the feeling that we have a future of right. that we're certain of a future. Yes. And, and so, and, and you, you, we, you know, there are many ways of knowing and there's, they're layered. And when an animal is that sick and at that age, you begin to understand that they don't have much time left, even if a big part of you is hoping and surely yes. there's a part of you that's still holding them and loving them. And so, all, it's very complicated what, what we go through. And one of the things that we just keep repeating for people is you just have to be gentle with yourself and not second guess and not do all of the should have, could have, would have afterwards, because that's what we tend to do. We really, we really seek to have a higher level of control than we could really actually have. And so you know, this is the kind of thing that you'll probably keep talking about for some time. It'll take some time for it to settle down. 
and mm-hmm. to feel even more it, like even it was in, in now when, when did he actually die he died in february uh, right February. yeah okay. february. 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 So, july almost so, i mean you're, it's still a process yeah right? it's, and, yes. and it was it was such an in, it was such an elaborate process that you went through and so much mm-hmm. up and down and hope and then dashing of hope and adding hope and dashing of hope so so yes why don't it, you t- I'm sorry. It was five minutes. So yeah, it was it was a relief for me. Um, when when for me it was a relief. Um, and then unfortunately for my husband Jonathan, that's when rock that's bottom. When I was that's when rock that's when bottom hit. That's when your, your pain. Yeah. Yeah. So you so you've been talking about this a lot. It seems. Which is great. It's good. Yeah. You guys are good together, even though it's been difficult. Yeah. And, uh, so we were going to talk about what Winston. Where Winston. you've come Winston. since since then. Yes. And maybe so, we can spend just a few minutes talking about how you made the decision to to adopt Winston. Sure. So we made a list after Brutus had passed. We made a list of everything that we wanted to do, not that they were things that couldn't be done without having a dog in the house, just things that would have been easier. Uh, doing some work on our house, remodeling our kitchen, our bathrooms, buying new furniture, now that he wasn't here anymore, um, going places. We had a three page list because because we had to keep moving forward. We, My husband and I have no children. Brutus was our four legged child. And the void was terrible. And again, all these waves of COVID that were happening and, uh, you know, people retreating, it's the winter months, um, just everything was making it very hard to be social. Um, So we felt like having this list was going to keep us going. Great idea. Thank you. Every single one of those items on our three-page list got a red X. There was something that prevented it from happening. Oh my goodness. Whether it was finding a contractor, the waiting list, because of supply chain issues, not having availability of something. We tried to buy a couch and they had the love seat in stock, but they didn't have the sofa and it was a six month wait. And we're like, what are we doing here? And it didn't matter how many times we went out with friends. It didn't matter how many times we went to a mall or a museum or we just were out of the house. Every single time we came home, the house was so lonely. And being in the house, it was so lonely. And it was so hard to find a routine. We were doing the best that we could. Um, we had a lot of real hard heart to heart conversations and we were both miserable and we were both miserable for different reasons, but the common denominator was how lonely we both were. And it wasn't that we weren't enough for each other. We, we were more than enough for each other, but it didn't stop how quiet the house was. We also noticed that we were beginning to get into a routine where we realized that there was absolutely no responsibility and that was scary mm-hmm. there was no water bowl to fill no dog to walk That's no right. to feed and we I missed that yeah we missed it we did. and then it became it became 
very commonplace. And so at the end of the day, we determined if we don't either get another animal now, we may never because we may fall out of that routine. We'll get used to not having the responsibility. And that was something that we didn't want. So we waited, we waited some time. Um, We waited, we waited until March, uh, the end of March, actually, uh, the beginning of April to really make a decision and a lot of research on, on different dogs. And Something that we always wanted to do with Brutus was we always wanted to do therapy work with Brutus so that um, we would visit veteran homes or nursing homes or something like that. That was something we just could not accomplish with him for many reasons in our schedule and everything. We had agreed that the next dog that we got, we wanted to immediately start training it, of course, for obedience reasons, but then to become a therapy dog because that is something that we've always wanted to do. We felt that it would be a great opportunity for us to volunteer together, uh, to make time and help other people, you know, people that are in nursing homes, that are in rehab centers, that miss their own dogs, um, veterans, even working with children in libraries that um, there's reading programs around here that the dog will sit with a child and the child can pet the dog and comfort the, the dog provides comfort to the child while they're reading out loud to the dog. Mm-hmm. I didn't want a dog that shed um, because that was one of the hardest things after Brutus had passed away was cleaning up. Not the air. And not that we were very clean people. I kept my house very clean, but it did not matter. He There was always hair. Even to this day, no matter how much we cleaned after him, there are still times that we will find little hairs and we welcome them now. Um, So we worked with um, an organization, again, after many talks between Jonathan and I, we worked with an organization, we told them our story and everything and what we wanted to do. And um, Winston is an Australian Labradoodle. Um, He does not shed. Um, He's a standard size, so he's going to be on the larger size. And based on his temperament and everything, um, he's hopefully going to make an excellent therapy dog. Um, But what we really liked about the organization that we worked with is that if need be, we did have the opportunity to return him. Right. Because we didn't know. And there's still some days that we don't know, but it's gotten much better because we're a little bit out of the puppy stage with Winston. But um, it was very hard. It It was a hard decision to make. Um, but we went through with it and it was a, it it was a hard decision, but in my, in my heart of hearts, I know it was the right one because it helped give us that sense of responsibility that we needed. And by training him and working with him to be, you know, when we had Brutus, it was just the basic commands, sit, come, stay. He was a house dog, which is perfectly fine. And he was fine. But the fact that we want to do more with Winston is going to take more training. So it's having that ability to invest the time and the energy and the two of us working together to form that bond and to, to form that training with him it's giving us a new purpose as well. And it's giving us new light and it's giving us new hope as well. And there's not a, not that 
Not that there's not a lot of time to grieve because we 100% will still have our moments that we do grieve. Brutus. You know, Winston is completely different than Brutus. 100%. Yeah. And, and that and that was right. And that was exactly why I wanted a completely different dog. And I wanted to have a completely different purpose in life with this dog. You know, one thing, if I can give any advice to anybody that is looking to get a pet after, and obviously we're all different, but for me, it's that, you know, I told myself, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And when you really have to, you have to look inside because there are times where, you know, we always used to say we would be sitting on the couch, Jacqueline on one end, myself on the other, Brutus in between, and we would look and we'd say, this is the family. And now Winston is there. And sometimes I look and I say, I cannot believe I'm sitting here and Brutus isn't here. It's Winston now. And you have to continue moving forward. And it's really taken me a lot of looking inward. And I, you know, I still, I still, there's times where I, my fuse is short because I'm like, Brutus wouldn't have done that. And I have to say, I have to stop because Winston is not Brutus. Brutus was obviously not Winston, but I did this for a reason. And, you know, Winston is unique in himself, but the advice is, is that you have just soul search and make sure you're ready because I really thought I was. And there, I've broken down on three occasions now where I've said to Jacqueline, I cannot believe I've said yes to this decision because I'm not over Brutus. And, you know, it's very difficult, but Jacqueline has said, do you, do you want to return Winston? And I said, he did nothing wrong. Right. Do I have to accept Winston, love him. And I do, but it's just, it's just taking you longer to much longer. through that with, well, yeah, and, and you know, the way I think about it too, Jonathan, is like we're never really over the yeah. loss. We're not over it. We live with it, and it has a different texture over time. But the, as you were talking, I was saying, I was thinking to myself almost this image of like your heart gets bigger mm-hmm. because now Winston is here. Yeah. And it's, it's, a new, it's a new chapter in the book of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a new chapter in the book. And that's yeah. cool. And you're not you're not replacing Winston. That's not possible. And and I mean you're not replacing Brutus, Brutus. with Brutus. Winston. Right. And right. puppies are hard. <laughs> I mean I, I tend to think Very ways, I often will describe it as it's a it's a it's a welcome positive distraction. <laughs> Yes, yeah, really nice way to say it, Ken. That's a very and, nice uh, way of saying it. But hard, it's hard. Puppies are hard. I have a puppy, as you know. <laughs> I, no, I, have to, I actually have hard. to go. So I'm so sorry. This is so wonderful. And I well, want to thank you both so much. Do you yes, want to, yes, thank you do you so want much. to continue, we should, Ken? Or do we, we, we should wrap up, I think. Okay. But uh, we appreciate so much. Thank, thank you. All you. that you said you. and all that you've given. And we are so grateful for you yeah. coming to join us and uh, we're grateful that you send had us, us any comments or questions that come up as a result of this conversation. Cause I feel like we opened a lot of stuff yeah, with you did. and there may not be, there may be a lot of dangling threads. So and if you want to reach out to us, to please touch. feel free to, you yeah. know, obviously you have, and there's there, that's great. You know, we will, we will, you know, respond and and talk. So thank you both very much. And thank you, Nancy. And we'll talk 
you and I will talk again very soon. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye now.